Welcome to Nutria Performing Arts Stories. I'm Dwayne Burkhardt. Some podcasts are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. In part two of our special tribute to Shakespeare, we'll talk about favorite theaters to perform in, and then I'll get to tell one of my favorite performing arts stories, which directly involved our guests, stage actor Tim Walsh and musician Laura Ebert Brenner, and includes what was literally the funniest moment of my life. Let's return now to the stage for Act Two. And we are back for part two of Shakespeare at Nutrier, and we are talking with noted professional working stage actor Tim Walsh and Laura Brenner, the former Disney Candlelight Orchestra violist. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Shakespeare in particular and why we have the two of you for this show. But what I want to talk about for really quickly is there was another thing about Shakespeare and the Shakespeare program at Nutrier that I thought was really cool. And that was that the production was always done in the 182 theater at Nutrier. And uh, that leads me to another question that I ask almost all of my guests. Tim, you're going to be first this time. Which theater did you prefer to perform in, Gaffney or 182? Ugh, uh, hard question. Um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I can't remember what the theater was over at the Nutri West campus, but that was my favorite. Really? Theater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's a third answer. There you go. Hey. I, I <laughs> thought that that was such a wonderful space for, um, for everything, for music and dance and theater. But it was kind of a great hybrid between the two, wasn't it? I would. That's true. Yeah. A bit more contemporary and was uh, a little bit more um, uh, utilitarian. You could really kind of do anything you want. Very flexible. Sure. But the first the first theater I worked in at Nutrier was M182. Did Carousel there right before my freshman year. But, it, you know, the three-quarter thrust is as close to the globe as, as you're going to get. You're not going to get the exact same experience that you would in, in Gaffney, and you're a lot closer Um from a professional standpoint, when you start out into the theater, you are dealing with much smaller houses, much smaller stages, much more limited budgets. And that is a great introduction, especially with Shakespeare. So it sounds like you're leaning the same way that we, because, but just so you know, most of our guests have, have said Gaffney, but it sounds, I asked you this question first because I already know Laura's answer. And Laura and I feel very much the same way about this. And uh, But I wanted to hear what you, it sounds like you're with us in that we preferred 182. Laura, why did you prefer 182? Well, for me, I in Gaffney, I never performed on stage other than orchestra performances. And so I was in theater performances, I was in the pit. And so, and 182 was the only time I was on the stage, you know, and actually being in a role. And so that was, pretty much my only, as far as acting experience was there, you know, in As Y'all Like It and in Twelfth Night. As Y'all Like It, that's right. As yeah. Y'all. <laughs> that's what we yeah. called it. You're right. <laughs> and now I am in the South, so now everybody around me says Y'all. They said anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, liked, I liked the fact that the audience was on three sides of you. Yes. And, and particularly for us doing Shakespeare, because they were so close to you. I mean, literally, if someone in the first row sticks their legs out, they're basically on stage, which is very kind of Shakespearean in a way, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, where the people, the audience was right there with you. And absolutely. I, I really liked, I mean, yes, there's something to be said for having a five story tall 
you know, proscenium and this this incredible cyclorama behind you and, and the 3,000... Fly system and 3,000 seats, yeah. Yeah, all that's great and all, but, you know, there's something to be said for the intimacy of having the audience on top of you, you know, just that feedback, that level. And yeah, I, I really, I preferred that. So I did too. Yeah. Well, and, and also we had no backstage. So like our backstage was sitting in chairs in front of the stage. So we got to see. That was, there was something else that Dr. Boyle did that I thought was really kind of cool. Insisted. I love that. Yeah. That was neat. Yep. Yeah. You will sit back there and you will just be. You will be silent and be a part of the show. Enjoying the show. Yeah. Exactly. And then when it's your turn, you get up there. Loved that about that. Yes. Loved it about this production. So, um, so earlier in the show, I asked each of you what I ask every guest on the show, which is what's your favorite production experience and why. And this is a very special show for me because this is the show where I get to answer that question for myself. And for me, my favorite production experience at in all of my years at Nutrier was the 1982 Shakespeare production of Twelfth Night, which, of course, the three of us were all in together. And that's why I wanted both of you here today. And I will tell you why it was my favorite experience. It was kind of back to what Laura said. The cast and the crew for this show was the best, the most cohesive, the most together team-like cast that I ever had the pleasure to work with. Yeah. It was just this special group that was filled with talented people who all seemed to get along remarkably well with one another and were just perfectly cast in their roles. And there was the, the two of you, and Tim, you've already mentioned him, but I'll mention him again. John Sherman as Toby Belch. Yes. I mean, his yeah. booming voice is just perfect for this bombastic comic drunk. And and Dana Davidson right. as his goofy sidekicks. Oh, he was yeah. perfect. As the, he just was very lanky, goofy. He just, he was perfect for that. The two of them had such amazing. Um, Heidi Goldberg. Yes. Oh, that's her name. Yeah. Heidi, Heidi Goldberg, Goldberg was Viola. Yeah. Viola, right? Yeah. Oh, she was remarkable. And I had like, she sprung out of nowhere. I'm like, holy yeah. Moses. She, I, I, I don't think I'd seen her before either. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and my good friend to this day, Scotty Hoffman, who was Fabian. I mean, just everybody. And then of course the wonderful Jonathan Lehman, who I'm going to get back to in just a minute. <laughs> um, just a, a really special group of people. So that was my, so that's my answer for anybody who's listening to the podcast and wants to know what my favorite show is. <laughs> that was my favorite show. And, and that was why. So all right. So the two of you already know this, but it's time for the audience to, to be in on the reason that I particularly wanted both of you here. And it is because you were both present for one of my performing arts stories, which includes what is to this day, the single funniest moment of my entire life. <laughs> so I'm going to walk us through this story when we come back and uh, for, for our audience listening, and then I'm going to get what you remember. So stay, stay tuned, everyone, because this is good. Uh, you are listening to Nutria Performing Arts Stories, and we will be right back. This episode of Nutrier Performing Arts Stories is brought to you by I Relieve You, Sir, a sometimes harrowing, often hilarious collection of U.S. Navy sea stories by Dwayne Burkhardt. The book is available on Amazon.com for just $5.99 in paperback and just $2.99 in ebook format. Buy yours today.
And we are back. And hopefully we held on to everybody in that break because this is it. This is this is the story that I, I wanted the chance to, to tell and, and particularly with the two of you here because it is, it's so special. For those who don't know, Shakespeare shows at Nutrier had four performances. There was the Wednesday and Thursday evening performance and then there was the Friday and Saturday night performance. So my story begins on the Friday night performance. And frankly, but not surprisingly at all, the show had gone very well through the first two performances and through act four of Friday night's performance. And then it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Our dear, dear friend, Jonathan Lehman, who was a British national and, and all the girls loved him because he's a good looking guy and he had a British accent. So, you know, you can't go wrong there. And although the two of you may remember this, do you remember this? We razzed him for like the rest of the school year because whoever this guy was who reviewed our show in Winnetka Talk, and we this happened like before the Friday night performance, yes. they criticized him. Yes. They, they specifically named him out and said, except for John Lehman, who had an obviously <laughs> fake accent. And, just, and of course, it's not fake. He's the only one who doesn't have a fake accent in the cast. And we all thought that was just- But Jonathan Lehman seems like- the Jonathan Lane was the kind of guy that probably looked at the reviewer and said, hey, do me a favor. <laughs> Here's how I want you to critique my performance. All right. Let's just see what everybody says. That <laughs> just was absolutely, we all thought that was hilarious. And I think we even like cut out the review or something and put it on the uh, in the dressing room or something. I, I remember that. Anyway, so Jonathan Lehman is playing Sebastian. And he is, he has what can only be described as an explosive entrance onto the stage in act five. And he's supposed to be out of breath as he arrives because he's supposed to run a long way to this part of the scene. And he's a very, very method actor. And that, you know, he would go and do, in order to prepare for this moment, he would go, there was a little room off to the side on the Southwest side of the uh, 182 theater. And he would go back there and he would be doing push-ups and jumping jacks and whatever to get himself out of breath so that he could make the entrance. Now, I don't know if Dr. Boyle had told him that he was like insufficiently out of breath. Remember this, Dr. Boyle used to give us stage notes every night for the performance before yeah. those little mimeograph sheets things. And I don't, I don't remember if that was there or not, or if Jonathan was just not happy enough with his own performance to that point or something in that, in that entrance, but whatever it was, he didn't feel that he was exhausted enough. <laughs> and so on Friday, He's out there in the back doing God knows what. He's doing some workout that's probably making Stallone tired. I mean, it's just, and not Stallone today, Stallone in 82, you know, like Rocky three Stallone, right? So he's, the time of his cue comes and he does in fact come absolutely flying into the theater through the audience and leaps. I mean, flying leap onto the stage, boom, feet down. And he's, there and he points across the stage at Antonio and he points and he very emphatically and sh you know, he shouts, Sebastian, Antonio. <laughs> and everybody, the, the 300 and what, six people in the audience, the crew, the cast, the ushers, Lost. everybody in earshot just loses their minds. It is just, it is, it was the funniest thing ever. And you know, and we're all trained, right? Uh, you know, when the audience finds something <laughs> funny, you stop, you give them a beat, you let them enjoy it, you get, and then you and then you go on. Right. Except yeah. it doesn't stop. Right. It just keep. It doesn't calm down. This sort of giggle fest. It's it's like a wave of giggle fest going around the audience. Right. And and the, the, everybody is gone. And and no one 
Dear Laura, so Laura and I are downstairs. We're like at the front of the stage there, right from the center section. And Laura, who's in this beautiful white dress, and she's got the little parasol thing. And I can't really see her face, but the parasol is like shaking like this. She's laughing so hard. And I lean and, and your face is turning like three shades of purple. I'm like worried that you're not getting enough oxygen because you're laughing so hard. <laughs> Have and the thing, of course, right now, and, and at this moment, you and I have dialogue, right? Yes. So, I mean, do you, do you remember this moment? You remember just like not? I do, yeah. I can remember watching. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I look back, I look up at Dr. Boyle, and for those who don't know, Dr. Boyle would always sit in the sort of southeast corner over by the box office. In the back row, he had a little director's table where he would take his notes and things. So I look up in the back row at Dr. Boyle, and he's looking back at me like, kid, I got nothing. <laughs> You're on your own. I don't know what you're looking at me for. And, and I thought, you know, I didn't know what else to do. So I leaned down. So I did. So I, I did the only thing I could think of. Right. So I leaned down to you, Laura, and I stood up and I, and I said something like, what sayest thou, Lady Olivia? And then I did your line is my cue line. Yes. My line, which, of course, Everybody knows what's happened, right? Everybody right. in the, the audience knows what I'm doing, and what, and it just sends them just deeper and further into absolute hysterics. And it just there was no way out. I was gone. By it the, was just yeah. And and the person I remember who just who really got us back though was was you because Tim Malvolio has this wonderful speech at the end, <laughs> and somehow by some miracle. <laughs> you are able to put it back together enough um, to, to get through this. And this is a role that you were, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but you're like born for to do, but you got through this with as much concentration as any of the rest of us had left. Yeah. And enough of, it gave enough of a pause for the audience and us to get through like the last like two and a half pages of, of the play and, <laughs> all right, all right. Everybody, take a breath. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and then we got, we got, we, we did get a standing ovation, and people are still like tears are still coming down people's faces while they were the, going through the the last exit. And but this, so. but that's that's the beauty of not only Shakespeare but M one eighty two. Yeah, perfect example. Right. I mean, something like that that happens. You're surrounded. You are all in it together. Yeah, and it's infectious. And it just becomes. It was yeah the funniest moment of my entire life. Is forty. We're coming up on forty-one years ago, and it just absolutely the funniest <laughs> oh moment of 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 my entire life. That was just absolutely amazing. Do you guys also remember one last thing before we I do the last thing I do in the show? Do you remember the cast party on Saturday night, or more importantly, do you remember driving? To the cast party on Saturday night in my 1975 White Maverick with roughly half the cast in my car. <gasps> yeah. And like literally, there's like my car maybe seats five people on a good day. And there were, I'm going to say, 10 people in this <laughs> car. And I just, I mean, I don't know how many laws we broke getting to that, but I, I remember, I do remember Tim was in the, we had like Tim, like two people sitting on you with the legs going across to me where I was driving. And I have a car that has three on the tree. And so I'm trying to drive with my yeah. arm. I'm going to get over people's legs. 
it was amazing that we lived to get to that. I'm yeah, I'm trying to remember if that was the party. Um, I think I was in uh, Holly Phillips' car, um, and it was snowing. Who, who I dated for most of that year, actually. Oh, did you? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, driving in her car and skidding out of control, and <laughs> she's like, "I'm afraid oh, no, to no. drive in the snow." Oh, no, no, and I'm no, like, no. I got no, you. No, that's Holly was in the car. That's my car. We did. We hit the snowbank. <gasps> That was me. That was, <laughs> that was me. As soon as you said that, no, no, that was me. That was the snow. And the thing was, because there were so many of us in the car, the yes. weight of everybody in the car actually got All us snowbank. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was me. So. Oh my goodness, funny. Uh, so anyway, so, uh, so in every show, I get to take a moment and tell my guests what I remember about them. And so, Tim, uh, we, I don't, I don't remember we'd done a lot together before, but I had just seen you in The Curious Savage, which mm -hmm. you starred in with future TV and movie star Jim True Frost. And so I had seen you perform, but what I remember of you from working with you, particularly in this show, was just how clear it was, to me anyway, that you were going to be a professional actor. Yes. Because... Even at 16, you were there. Um, everything about your approach and your professionalism, your work ethic, it was just next level. And, and by the way, I've, se I've seen Twelfth Night performed, I don't know, a dozen times at least in, in my life. And no one has ever approached the Malvolio that you did in that show. It was just so over the top, perfect. It, it's very hard to play the arrogance and the agitation and all of the things that Malvolio had to have in him, but also still be light enough to be funny, you know, and to be lovable. Yes. And you did that more perfectly than I have ever seen anyone. So that's the well, thing that I remember about you. That's very kind. Thank you. Kudos to, to, to Dr. Boyle, who really, I mean, brought me and brought that out of me. So um, it was great. And it couldn't have been anything without, like you said, just that tight knit cast, that very, uh, that ensemble was just really, really strong. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And, and Laura, you and I had not only worked together before, but we had done Shakespeare together before, of course, we, uh, as y'all like it. Yeah. Apparently you enjoyed working with me then because that had gone so well that you introduced me to and set me up with one of your best friends yes. um, who I dated for the rest of that school year. <laughs> and, um, and we are still friends to this day, actually. But what I remember about you was that you were one of the most easy to work with actresses oh, yeah. that I have ever been on stage with you were the most it was it, it was that there was a there was a sort of air around you that was cool calm collected easy going it, it people moved in and out of the bubble that was around you with such ease and there was a there was a kind of a grace that you had just sort of naturally uh -huh. and that's what i that's what i remember about work you're making blush yeah, so. <laughs> i remember i remember that as well laura oh, thanks um, you guys just, you know, just every, I mean, you were, you were always smiling. It was just, it was, 
so kind and so generous. And especially, as you say, that difficult time in your life. It's funny that you said that you were getting in the show just to kind of give them, yeah. <laughs> to make them take it. But you you made the most of that experience. And we obviously really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, and you really enjoyed that. And, and obviously, we all enjoyed that together. So anyway, yeah. so um, uh, thank you both. I can't tell you how wonderful it has been to have both of you on the show today and to hear about your lives, but also to talk about this great performing arts story that we all share and the wonderful time and place that we got the chance to to share it in and and with. So Tim Walsh and Laura Brenner, I can't tell you how how much I admire and have such great affection for for both of you and all the work that you're you're doing and have done. Thank you so much for being on Nutri Performing Art Stories. Thank you, Dwayne. Well thank you, Dwayne, for having us. Yes. And thank you for continuing the performing arts department all the way through this. All the yes. Thank you very much. All right, well, that's it, folks. We hope you had a great uh, time, and we will see you next week. Nutria Performing Arts Stories is a copyrighted production of Narratives Incorporated. It is written, directed, produced, and edited with such stuff as dreams are made on by yours truly, Dwayne Burkhardt. For more information or to suggest a guest or sponsor for our podcast, please email info at nutriapadstories.com. And please join us next week when our guest will be actress and voice actress, Mary Ryan Cargis. Until then, may our little lives be rounded with a sleep. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.